Welcome into the Pop Culture Pile Driver. I am Jason Rossi, and I can be found on that good old Twitter machine at Jason D. Rossi. Most importantly, we can be found at the Pop Culture PD, at Pop Culture PD. It's Pop Culture Pile Driver. How many times do I have to say it? With me, as always, is my tag team partner in the podcast sphere. He follow, you can follow him at BillyD2411. Billy D, what's going on? Hello. Uh, just got my hair cut. Uh, oh. Feeling pretty good. Feeling great. Uh, put the shirt on because I couldn't find any of my Celtic stuff. I don't know where the hell it is, so... That's why I'm not rocking a uh, a sports jersey for this sports podcast. We are talking sports today, Bill, because sports are back. Uh, will they last? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nope. But uh, it's not been a good – honestly, when we thought of this idea, like usually we program like a month ahead. So we talked about this end of June. We're like, oh, July, that's when all sports will be back. And everybody will be like all excited about sports. And it quickly turned in like – three-day time period from like excited about sports being back specifically baseball playing like real like regular I mean, I season games excited about baseball but that's well, I, I personally was I, I hated baseball for the last three months as soon as it was back i went back to that old feeling it's like an ex-girlfriend and since that moment that they threw the very first pitch it has been bullcrap since it's been coro two games two cities have been like closed florida we just need to get rid of florida florida see you later it was fun i mean to the rest of the world, America is Florida. You know what I mean? Like the way we feel about Florida, the way the, that's the way the rest of the world feels about America. And it's true. Like if yeah. you see political cartoons from other like countries about us, we are a laughing stock. We are a joke of a country right now. Yeah, it's not looking good for the good old US of A from the outside. But you don't know, F them. But at the same time, like this is the one time it's like it's hard to have a lot ton of pride. But we're not going to talk politics. We're in our bar stool. Uh, we're not going there. Um, <laughs> I know, Billy, you had to make a tough decision not to interview Joe Biden this week as a part of Pop Culture Pile Driver. I know um, maybe that's something we can get into. Um, we teased ahead um, and we got a lot of good response. A lot of people want to hear the top 11 um wing bats that uh ran for president or crazy people that ran for president that was we got the feedback from last week's episode i think it was just goo no we got, i got somebody <laughs> else to slide in those dms that was like dude that would be hilarious but i don't i think they were still joking. i don't talk politics so I, I, you, you can have a guest on for that one i don't even know who if i could i think <laughs> i would do it for people who ran for california governor that well, that's pretty fun. good um, but yeah, let's jump in before we get into what's on your mind. Last week, we opened up the uh, jukebox <coughs> uh, for the very first time and we debuted Bill. I don't know if you saw the results, but uh, the results came in. We gave up until today for people to vote on what song they wanted to see entered the very first pop culture pile driver jukebox. It was the year 1999. Bill, what were the two songs you nominated one more time? Juvenile, Back That Thing Up, and I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. And Bill, you had one of the winners. I nominated Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas, as well as Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Uh, 52% of the vote went to I Want It That Way. The Backstreet Boys heading in. They will live in infamy. They will be in the annals of time in the pop culture pile driver jukebox. Uh, in second place was Smooth with 28%. Back that thing up 13%. Kiss Me getting 9%. That's more than one vote. That makes me happy. Yeah, um, you, got, you got throttled for that take. So I... <laughs> I want to say two things about it. I, first of all, I get thrilled 90% of the time, especially my history of where I've worked. But I will say this. I believe, and I don't know for sure, that – do we call him – like, what do we call Fryer? Like, what do we – Nick? Like, what do, what's his what's – his, does he have a Friar? gimmick name? Yeah, do we just call him Fryer? I call him Fryer. Okay, we'll right. go with Fryer. I have a feeling, and I don't know for sure. This but tonight's going to be a good night? <laughs> nope, not for him. That he's probably used to being picked on. So now that he has the opportunity to pick on somebody else, he's like, I'm going full in on this. <laughs> like he'll like say, tweet things at me randomly. And I'll just be like, what is this dude's deal? I don't I love it. I, I, I can love take it. it. These shoulders have, have could deal with it all. Listen, we've had. These shoulders uh, have up to earth. Oh man, look at him. Look at him. No, but honestly, I was like, this guy picking. I like, it's like, I never heard of one of these songs. Well, open up your ears, bro. I don't know what to tell you. I don't tell you to program. It was a big song. I know it very, very well, well obviously. Was, but if I you mean, look back in 1999 and 2000, yeah. the movies it was in, the pop culture, uh, it was in, I'm not going to change his mind, but I will just say that it's it's not like, I'm, oh my God, you got to be crazy. And we get to pick. It's in, And the one thing in there, that, I don't know if you tweeted out the video you made. I don't know if this is a behind the scenes only that everybody saw when Goo, uh, with Baby Goo, uh, was out there, news dump. Oh yeah, I was going to tweet, I'm going to tweet that out after this. Okay, so people will get a reference for what we're talking about. Basically, they were like crapping on the idea, well not the idea, they were joking about the idea, but then crapping on my choice of six months on the rich and then he's like i know how to be like what are they saying like oh like i know how to be like no no, no. he doesn't know songs. whether he, it's like the best song like that you like or the best song like 
consensus-wise. Sure. And as we said, these were our songs. This is for us. This is our, like, idea of it. But at the same time, I think at the end of the day, like, for, again, like, this 100 top list, those, yeah, Kiss Me, yeah, could be a stretch. But I, like I said, it was fighting between that and No Scrubs. I gave this the nod because I think this lives on a lot longer than No Scrubs did my opinion but nonetheless uh backstreet boys i want it that way uh crushing the competition uh people big fans of that track uh i mean as expected yeah i I I didn't expect anything less it is probably one of the greatest pop songs of all time they're one of the greatest boy bands in my opinion they're the greatest boy band ever and that song is perfectly composed perfectly written juvenile back that thing up my you know top second favorite song of all time so i really really loved it i was very happy with both of my selections and, uh, you know, that's the the first one in the jukebox. We got, you know, I'd say we could probably go back to, want to do like 80? i say 80. It's a clean start. Go to the 80s next? No, no, no. Like, eight, yeah, yeah. you know, let's just start with the, uh, the the final one next. Like, the where we're going to, like, be the deepest. So, 80. 1980. 19- oh, Jesus. All right, yeah. I have to brush up on my 1980. Off the top of my head, I couldn't think tell you one song released, but that's just off the top of my head. just want to give a shout-out to my man, Jacob. Give me Kiss Me as a Jam, Rossi. That's all I need. That's all I need. Two people right there. That means I... Oh, it, I no, it's an absolute jam. I think people yeah. were just, you know, it Shocked. wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't, like, by a huge artist or anything like that. And you know what? You know, no press <laughs> is bad press, so we're taking it. Yeah, I <laughs> love it. Shut it up, little uh, big dog. Um, well, Bill, I guess let's bring it to what we normally start with here. What's on your mind? Uh, I really didn't have anything, so I'll just give some inside All baseball. Right, so- no! In the Dork Shared Gooniverse chat oh, yeah. that we have, you oh, have God. become kind of the whipping boy, which is a nice turn for me in the chats that we're currently in, because I'm usually the whipping boy. You're second <laughs> time to time, but sure. I think over the last several years, especially in the No Ma'am and the fantasy football one, I've yeah. be kind of come the, the poster child for getting beat down on, so yeah. I'll take it. All the podcasts have mentioned us whether it was fondly, unfondly. <laughs> uh, Goo gave us some sage wisdom about, you know, don't necessarily pick what your fans want, pick what you want. And uh, at the end of his news dump today, or whenever the hell it was, uh, so I picked the two that I like. They just happen to be really popular songs. But, you know, keep talking us up. We'll keep talking to you guys up. Uh, the Change My Mind did a really nice podcast with the uh, draft that I should have been on yes. the other day. But you canceled our little post-game uh Oh, Extreme Rules? Extreme Rules. So I, I I, was so dedicated to this podcast. I said, I can't do your <laughs> podcast because me and Rossi are going to do a podcast. And then Rossi was like, I don't think I can do that podcast. And I was like, all right, fine. Yeah, I screwed you. I screwed you because you would have <laughs> smoked them because your idea just Uh-oh. on threads. Like, honestly, I, I consider myself like, you know, anybody could talk. And I shouldn't say that. Very talented people, like the short amount of people that we have in the hashtag Dorkshire Gooniverse, um, you know, could talk up chain restaurants. But when you came up with the reasoning for the – you know, the ones you would have chosen by the bread would have time. absolutely smoked him. The fact that you put Not Your Average Joe's on there, the fact that you had Bertucci's with the hot rolls, the hot rolls, they come out, they're not cold, they're not like, mm, they are hot. Smoking. Oh my God, yeah, well, I, I love it. You know, we could, you could obviously have rebuttals anytime, but just everybody on there, I think Davey won, you know, Davey wins them all, you know, the the, the dork rub. But Davies but- was good, Davies was good. I didn't like his Kelly selection and I had to school the people on the chat. I think only... <laughs> You and Goo are probably aware of the North Shore, maybe Mac too, the North Shore roast beef. It's a different mm-hmm. kind of beef. If you haven't had one, you got to get one. See, I don't like roast beef. You, know, you can make that clip out of that, but I don't, I've just never been a roast beef guy. Um, yeah, just not for me. You ever seen it? Um, but yeah, I just not a big roast beef person. So I've never had them, but I will say like you guys have been obsessed with the roast beefs, but oh. I definitely know the difference between like the super beefs, the, the, the double beefs, all that beefy beefness um i have a feeling i would probably really like roast beef too if i had like a sandwich with like cheese and, and like sauce i bet you i would love it but just never never got into it uh for me bill you know one thing that this is a little newsy and a little wrestling talk um which you know isn't always top of mind when we start these but right now SummerSlam wwe has been trying to figure things out they've been doing things in the performance center so people have lost interest a little bit i think you're one of them to a degree that there has just been ups and downs when events like their pay-per-views are excellent I- i'm a fan no matter what um i think dave Meltzer says it on a weekly basis there's nothing more loyal than a wrestling fan um but they are right now scouting because they were supposed to come to boston we were supposed to have this big month we had plans we had mm-hmm. talked um behind the scenes i had had a private conversation with um, a very popular restaurant owner that anybody who knows me or knows anybody that works in radio would know where I'm going with this, but I'm still not going to name names. Um, that was be- one. 
<laughs> that was gonna yeah hooters um but that was gonna be doing some events with some not no longer with them uh stars anywho the point is we were gonna do some stuff we had some things that planned ideas um we didn't have everything hashed out, but we were going to be involved with some events around this. There was going to be an NXT. There was going to be a WrestleCon at the World Trade Center. There was going to be a lot going on in the city of Boston where we emanate. But now that's not happening. And so Vince McMahon is currently scouting in really – they're three weeks away from SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer. Uh, weird tagline for wrestling, by the way. But they're talking about a boat. Ooh, could be or, anything. Could even be a boat. <laughs> or a beach. I'm all I about love the beach. Love I, the beach. I would love to see it. I'd love it to be like back in the day when WCW mm-hmm. used to have like the spring break episodes, uh, anything like that. I'm into the boat to me, if they can pull it off and make it look cool. Like AEW did a boat episode a few months back on the Jericho cruise. Just kind of looked small. Like, I don't know how to explain. And now everything looks small, but I don't know. I'm into it if they want to do it, but I just was shocked that they're three weeks away. They don't know for sure, but they're trying to find two locations to potentially film SummerSlam or, or have SummerSlam. I mean, I'm always a fan of something on water because then you can throw people into that water. So mm. give me the boat. I like the boat. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. It could even be a boat. It could One be. My, probably my favorite family guy. Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Somebody actually brought that to my attention right when we were still – before the pop culture pile driver evolution came about, but somebody said like family guy, it might've been our buddy Blake who said like, do you like the top 11 family guy bits? I'm like, that would be like a bloodbath to get to 11. It would. Like, and uh, I think Mac and you, I don't know if they brought this up on their last thing, but they wanted to do an adult comedy draft and I'd be fighting. I don't ask to get in a podcast <laughs> often. I would want it on that podcast. Adult, yeah. I just do cool world. It was a great movie. <laughs> um, all right, Bill. Uh, today we are talking about the favorite athletes of our lifetime. Uh, don't forget. You can check us out. If you're listening to us, you already found us. Thank you. If you're checking us out on the YouTube, appreciate it. If you're listening, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can search pop culture pile driver. We are found wherever your podcasts are. If we're not on that podcast app, it's not worth having. Cause that means it has very limited, limited, limited podcast um aside from that make sure you check us out on facebook as well as part of the hashtag dork shared universe um and uh, i think that's all the plugs right yep that's pretty much it and on twitter at oh yeah at pop culture pd we are 21 we are legal drinking age Ooh. away from hitting the strive for 105 to get me to take a picture like robin williams and photo booth if this doesn't happen over the next two weeks i'm just gonna lose it like i'm gonna lose my mind we i mean it's pushing. really easy to get 101 followers so let's go 105 bill 105 oh yeah strive to 105 i'm an idiot that's okay that's why we're that's why i'm here for um all right so we're talking favorite athletes of our time sports is back it's exciting even though today was a real depressing day because like every nfl player seems to be opting out which has happened you you stall for a second oh that's what i do uh but honestly uh, like six new england patriots where obviously we emanate from opting out um you know we have players all across the league i don't know if you saw the story about marquise goodwin who opted out because his wife had five miscarriages and he has a six-month-old child like absolutely man definitely there's much more important things than playing football to no fans and entertaining us but Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're looking back now on our favorite athletes. I uh, will also give you the favorite athletes of the hashtag DorkShareGooniverse and share some that people have shared with us on Twitter. Um, we basically just going to run through a sport and just chat about some of our favorites. Um, you know, let us know your thoughts. Again, at hashtag uh, PopCulturePD. Since you baseball, know what I was just doing, by the way? <laughs> I'm scared to know. Were you finishing a session? What were you doing? Oh, uh, I wish. No, uh, I actually was recording the Celtics game because I don't want to miss it, and I missed the first 13 minutes. So that kind of stinks, but I'll have it on record. So Is, It's Celtics-Rockets, Westbrook yeah. and Harden are both playing. I'm amped up for it. I'm going to watch it right after this. And Kemba's playing, I think, as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah this, is, this is like the – is this the last warm-up game? Yeah. That's what I thought, because they started next week. So, well, do you want to – we said NBA, but do you want to start – where do you want to go, Bill? Which you pick, you pick, you pick. I'm going to I'm gonna start with baseball, because it's the first one I put up there and probably the quickest one to get through in some sense. For me, when it comes to baseball, again, this is our lifetime. When I was a kid, a lot of the stuff that came for me was when I was real young. Mm-hmm. When I was a little itty-bitty baby watching baseball games with my dad, there was a guy by the name of Joe Carter who was slaying home runs, playing great outfield, and hit a game-winning – World Series game-winning home run. And I was a fan from there – since then, I always used to play as him in the backyard. Joe Carter to me is one of my all-time favorites. I mean, I absolutely love Joe Carter, and that walk-off home run I don't think gets enough credit in the annals oh. of history. It's yeah. like the number seven home run on a lot of lists, and it's like if that's not number one or two, I think the one with the guy doing this, what was it? Um, oh, Dodgers, Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson. If you want to give that one one. But this guy literally did what you do when you picture it in your backyard as a child. <laughs> Bottom of the ninth. 
You're at home. What's a chance to win the World Series? It wasn't game seven, but fuck it. It was to win the fucking thing. Touch them all, Joe. (laughs) You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. No one will. Great, I mean, great, great I brought it up to a Boston sports personality one time, and he was like, well, in 1927, there was a guy who hit a walk-off home run in game seven. No, I was it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's, black, a, it's 19- a black and white TV. I don't give a fuck. It was 1950s. It was Bill Mazeroski. That will probably be the greatest home run ever. But the fact that Joe Carter, I've seen this, and it's on like the, he's in the top ten. I'm like, if it's on a top three, what are we doing? And I know Barry Bonds broke a record. I don't give a uh, fuck. Uh, Mark McGuire broke a record. If you want to put those somewhere up there, that's fine. But Joe Carter did, like you just said. And his the, reaction was amazing. It was. The back goes. It was. There wasn't bad flips. He was back jumping ridiculously. Yes. Because it was absolute pure joy. Luis Gonzalez had a game-winning single up the middle in the extra innings against the Yankees in the 0-1 World Series. The one time America was like, all right, Yankees, give him this one. And the freaking Diamondbacks beat him. That dude jumps for joy. And that hit's remembered more than the Joe Carter hit. And that's insane to me. Joe Carter, that hit, the play, he was just a lovable guy. He was I'm not going to try to go overboard on him, but he was not like Manny because that's so like rarefied air. But he was like that lovable guy that everybody. Ortiz. Yeah, that maybe that's a good way to put it because everybody liked him. He had not there was no stank on him. There was no like, oh, I hate that guy. He wasn't even like necessarily the best player either. But he was just such a solid baseball player, and that so damn good was star-studded, stacked. Devon White, Roberto Alomar, Ricky Henderson, John Olerud, uh, the other Alomar behind the plate. Uh, (laughs) Sandy. Sandy, they were fucking stacked. And I had a game, MLBPA. Oh, yes. That was the best fucking game, and I always played with them. It was probably unfair, but it was awesome. They were so fucking nasty. Yeah, them and the Reds were like incredible teams. Uh, I love that game. And a lot of my love for... Sports athletes kind of comes out of video games, so yes. you'll see that coming up on the list. But Joe Carter, we both had him. Oh, we both. He was uh, he was probably as a kid. Besides like Red Sox players, there's one other guy that everybody's gonna have. But my other favorite non-Boston athlete. Yeah, uh, so I'll just jump into the next one because it's on both of our list too. Did it get especially as a kid of the '90s? Was there anybody better to watch? Anybody better to emulate? Because you were all right-handed hitters, and you can never swing as good as this guy, especially lefty Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, he was probably the pinnacle of childhood in that era. If you didn't like Ken Griffey Jr., if you didn't wear your hat backwards, if you didn't, <laughs> you know, absolutely love the way he played the game, the strike-shortened season where he was going to tear every record apart. You know, they had a great. Great teams there. They never really won at all, but he was the most fun guy to watch. He made a he was a crazy fielder too. And the my favorite pair of sneakers that I will ever own were the Griffies, and I got them. Was it, it the was, swing with like yes. the swing extension? I got them, and like it was way after he was really good. I got them my freshman year of college, and I was like, I fucking love these sneakers. Yeah, he was the guy. That not only like he was like the Michael Jordan for baseball. Everybody, oh, yeah. he was all over the advertising. The other thing he had that I think a lot of people this might be odd to really put the marketing behind, but that Mariners cap, that S with the baseball oh. and the colors, like that was new. That was a like very early '90s, mid '90s look. Where like a lot of like even look at like Michael Jordan with the Bulls. That logo had been around for 10, 15 years. Now this was something fresh, new. It just. I just thought they were awesome playing, um, you know, in the in the dome at the time when where they were. It, he just there was so much you could see. He was fast as lightning. He didn't steal as many bases as people remembered in his early career because then he just became like a power hitter. He was on base. He was usually hitting doubles, smacking homers. Loved Ken Griffey, obviously. As a kid, I've always been a fan of the Cincinnati Reds. Unfortunately, when he went to the Reds, he had good years. People don't really notice it, but that was kind of the death knell of his career. It was kind of like a career, if a career could jump the shark. That was his jump the shark moment. Yeah, but I will say one other thing, too. You compare him to Michael Jordan. Obviously, Michael Jordan is the biggest star probably in sports history, without question. He is known all around the world. There are people that I meet from other countries when we travel for work, and they're, you know, they ask, are the Chicago Bulls still good? It's like, meh. Well, what Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr. did for baseball was a little bit different than what Michael Jordan did for basketball, but like there were, there were, already Dr. J's and, you know, Magic Johnson's Ken Griffey Jr. kind of made baseball hip and cool. People were like all like up in arms because he wore his hat backwards during fucking batting practice. Yeah, that was but, like this guy kind of changed the game. It was like legit controversial. Yeah. I'm like, this guy changed like the, the appearance of baseball and made it cool for about five years. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, I'll just go with the one last one. I think that's on both of our lists. That is the wheel and deal. And he should be kissed deal. And this guy was the absolute man. One of the friendliest people post game, everything never too angry. Pedro Martinez. Was there anybody cooler than Pedro Martinez? I loved Pedro 
And somebody said this, and I always say it. When he started, it was like a Patriots game in its prime. When yes. He, it was yes. Mark TV, and when he gave up a hit, I was furious. I was probably as mad as he was because then he would shut the team down because I always wanted to see his no-hitter. And I always told people, well, he actually pitched a no-hitter before, but it was 10 innings. He went the whole time, and they gave up a run, blah, 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 blah. He was electric. There was nobody better to watch dominate on the mound than Pedro. And it really was an event every time he took the mound every five days. It was an absolute joy as a kid. I went to a great game. It was him versus, I want to say, Kurt Schilling, Fenway Park, Saturday afternoon. I believe the Red Sox lost one nothing due to a Carlos Bayerga home run off Pedro in like the second inning. And I believe they both went either eight or nine total, Schilling and Pedro. One of the best pitching performances I've ever seen. Probably the best pitching performance I saw live. But just like what a spectacle. Like you said, a lot of the names you're going to continue to see are guys I paid or, or begged my dad to get tickets to see. Pedro Martinez signing with the Red Sox was absolutely on that list. I'll just segue it into the next guy of Manny real, Ramirez. Real, real, real quick. Two of the greatest things I've ever seen. I would hopefully this was going to be a quick thing, but I just got to say his duel against Clemens in Yankee Stadium, where Trot hit the only run of the game, that was amazing. And then the '99, I think it was AL Divisional Series, where he came out of the bullpen against Cleveland Indians. Do you remember where you were? I I remember exactly where I were. I was in my friend Jared's like little tiny ass room. He had bunk beds. We were all huddled around the TV, and it was unreal to watch. And my other. Favorite guy, I'll just shout out real quick. He's not on the list, but he definitely was up there, and I just thought of him right now as a bolt of lightning. Troy O'Leary was one of my favorite players growing up, too. He was he was my favorite Red Sox, him and Mike Greenwell. I didn't put them as my favorite athletes, but I love Troy O'Leary. Because I think when you're from Boston, like you always have star players on the team, but you find those like – Great guys, like, dirt, dirt dog, if you would, but like of all the sports teams, like for even the Celtics, like D Brown, I remember mm-hmm. loving D Brown, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. But I agree with you. I think wherever you're from, whatever your hometown team is, you always love the like dirt dog. Well, like, pale guy. Yeah. You just, cause you're like, I could kind of maybe be him or maybe the, I'm him on my T-ball team. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Uh, just quickly to Manny, when the Red Sox signed Manny Ramirez, I was begging. So you had Pedro, you had Manny. It was incredible. It was the turn of the century and I was begging my dad to get me tickets. I'm like, we got to go to like, I used to go to like six, seven, maybe between six and 10 Red Sox games a year. Um, my dad worked for a company that got free tickets. So like Manny was must see. Uh, once met Manny Ramirez actually uh, after a game, my dad worked in a built, had company worked in a building that we had to help them like him get into the building. After we saw Hideo Nomo when he was on the team and Manny strolled in, smelt like a gajillion dollars, literally smelled like money. I've never, I've never thought money smelled good until I smelt Manny Ramirez wearing a tight shirt, not a real physically fit man either. Um, you know, really weird that his career ended with like steroids and he'll probably never get in the hall of fame because he was just kind of like a, like, I don't know, like a couple. He wasn't cut, but he was pretty massive. Yeah, he was no, he was thick, but he wasn't like he had. He probably didn't really work the core or really lift a ton of weights. He probably just had such a good swing and had such like pliability to him. My favorite right-handed swing, without oh, a doubt. He mm, that's gonna be a tough. Albert Pujols has a massively good right swing, but either way, we're we're talking about some of the best players and guys you paid to see and wanted to see. Even when he was with Cleveland, I remember going to Cleveland once with my dad and also seeing him. Jim told me like, "What a lineup!" Uh, you want to wrap up baseball? You have a couple guys on here. All right, I'll just hammer through them real quick. Derek Jeter, I mean, not a lot of people around here are fans of Derek Jeter, mm-hmm. but I always liked Derek Jeter. I liked the way he played. His dive mm-hmm. into the stands was not only warranted, but heroic. And then <laughs> growing up. I'm not even arguing that. That's so Growing dumb. up as a kid, Mo Vaughn was like a mythical creature for me. I loved Mo Vaughn growing up. He was my first, like, real athlete that, like, he was good. I was young. I liked baseball. And I remember my dad won tickets on WEEI uh, to be the first in line to get his autograph. And it was the I night see. that he flipped his car over on the way home from no. the Foxy Lady. Oh, you told me the story. So we didn't get to do it. And then they had a restart. And then they had another contest for the first in line. So technically I was second in line. But I have his autograph rookie card somewhere in my mother's house buried in the back. But – I love Mo Vaughn. He was really great. And he hit one of the longest home runs I've ever seen in my life. He hit where the scoreboard is now in Fenway yes. Park. I An swear. absolute missile. Yeah, I, I obviously we can debate that Ted Williams chair all day long, but Not Mo really. Vaughn hit a smoker. I know what you're talking about. There was just straight center. It's like that is gone. That's forever. That ball may still be going. And he had like that weird like – Oh, hunch over. I call him the hunchback in Notre Dame. He had the lefty swing. His – 
his arm. I emulated it as a kid because I used to suck at baseball, by the way. Um, but I used to take my knee pad off because I wore knee pads because I have bad knees as even as a kid. And I would put it on my arm and I would take hits. And I would always be, my coach would be like, why do you hover? I was a righty. So I was like, why is he hover over the play? I'm like, oh, I love move on. But I would really just do it to take the hit on the arm. Um, move on also another jump the shark when he went to uh, oh, angel the dugout and never came back. <laughs> never was seen again. I just will just mention a rod, not later career, a rod, early career Mariners. A rod was awesome. Another I one love of those guys. TLA run. Him calling out, I got it, I got it on the Yankees. I loved Hill Oh, oh yeah, well, you, it was he was the perfect guy to hate. Like Jared Jeter wasn't hateable. He was just you hated because he was good and you mm-hmm. against you. But but A Rod was like the biggest douche for like a five year stretch. There couldn't have been a worse freaking guy. Uh, better to hate. Um, but we'll jump in quickly to NHL. This one should be quick. Uh, for <laughs> me, it was Mike Madonna was one of my favorites. I'm a Dallas Stars fan since I was a kid. Why? A lot of people. You know, like you said, video games could be a reason. For me, I got a Dallas Stars hat when I was four years old, and I became a Dallas Stars fan. So Mike Madonna was that guy playing NHL 93, 94, playing a lot as Mike Madonna. He was a speedster, great, great guy, and just awesome player, like, in the NHL. Like, what a freaking guy. And I remember begging my dad again to go see the Stars when they came to town. Saw him several times. Uh, Mike Madonna, by far, one of the guys that I, like, remember as a kid, like, begging to see. I'll rattle off a couple quick ones. Marius Tchaikovsky was a big one for me when I was little because I built a team around him in one of the NHL <laughs> games. I always loved Team Mussolini and Yarmir Yager just because of the early NHL days of playing those games. Uh, you, you, you're going to mention the goalie, so I'll talk about him a little bit when we get to him. But my big guy, and he, he is just centered around my dad. My dad has a huge influence on my Boston sports fandom. And Cam Neely, it was my first interview as a person in like media. And he was dedicating a hospital to his dead mother for oh, cancer. Geez. And I had to ask him if he was going to fire Peter Shirelli in like 2010 <laughs> before they even won the fucking the cup. So it was such a surreal moment to interview like one of my Thanks. childhood heroes. And I only saw him for a little bit. Like I probably watched like vividly maybe a season or two of him, but I had watched highlights forever. I just oh, loved his passion and the way he played the game, the 50 goals and 50 games season. He was just kind of, you know, a boss out on the ice. And mm-hmm. another quick one that I will mention is Mark Savard. I was really sad. Wow. I never get to see his career finish, like finish out. He was the crispest. Like I don't watch a ton of H- NHL like I did for a little while, but he was the best passer I'd ever seen. Oh, Mark Savard. Mark Savard will go down as one of the biggest what ifs for Boston sports. Obviously, a lot of things have gone well. Only one cup should have potentially had up to three. But Mark Savard and Chara were like the turnaround moment. Mm -hmm. Great young core with the Boston Bruins. And Mark Savard, when that hit, everything just so ugly. And he's never was never able to play again. That's so sad when you think about it. And I've interviewed him plenty of times. Um, I could probably call him right now. I know he's in my phone somewhere. Um, But (laughs) Yeah, that's a real bright. Oh, please, we can play that game. Uh, I have some uh, very interesting numbers in my phone. Um, I don't know if they still work. A lot of these guys change their numbers quite often. But I will tell you, when you guys came to Lens Crafters asking me to go to a Bruins game, and this was before uh, they signed quote, Chara or Savard. This is a true quote. It was like, I refuse to go to a Bruins game because they're just there to sell popcorn and beer. Until they signed those two guys, you, you they said fucking you, The quote was, you'd have to pay You'd have me. to pay me to go. A douche. All right. Uh, for me, just to go through, and I know we both had this guy when it comes to the Bruins. I think, you know, dirt dog type that turned into a superstar is Patrice Bergeron. Um, you know, when he first came up, he was very, like 19. Was, yeah, 19. But he was, I think that was the 2000, I want to say, four season. He had a game winner against Montreal in overtime. He just became a quick fan favorite. Andrew Raycroft on that team as well. I have him in my phone too, Bill. Um, but he is another just just pleasure to watch even to this day just a different level type of player great defensive player great two-way player just someone like when you watch hockey now yeah you want the big goals you want to see a lot of things but bergeron does it all and it's just a complete player to watch um greatest face-off guy probably in nhl history and he wins them all he should at least but it's always funny in playoffs when they mention how Tim and jonathan off. and one time somebody at my work called him jonathan toes but jonathan taves <laughs> jonathan i mean Taves. they're probably two of the best like defensive-minded centers who also are yes. great overall centers that you're watching in like at the NHL because in back in the day there was like you know Oates and obviously mm. Gretzky just unreal offensive centers this is like having another defenseman on your team at all times he is one of the most versatile players he's always up for the selkie award like every year it's him and to i want to say toes again him and taves <laughs> yeah. but they just dominate that part of the game 
And to me, being a hockey player is so impressive. The fact that he was playing with broken ribs in the series that they almost beat the Hawks in. He is just a phenomenal player. Another quick shout out on that team. I always love Johnny Boychuk. Oh, Boychuk. Well, just a basher. Like McQuaid. There was, listen, that was Bruins teams in the early 2000s. I love McQuaid. (laughs) We just were bangers. Like Sean Thornton. Come on. He's in my phone, too. All right. So, uh, my last one just for hockey Dominic Hashik, the Dominator. My, like, when I was a kid, I just remember, like, wanting, like, when I played, like, street hockey and stuff, I'd always want to be the goalie to say I was either Oli the goalie or I was uh, Goldberg, also from uh, Mighty Duck shout out. But realistically, to me, it was all about being Dominic Hashik. This guy was insane for the Sabres. He just, like, he was the goalie, I think when we were like of that age because he just was incredible and that team never did anything either i mean he won the vesna in a losing effort yes. in the stanley cup yeah. i mean that's how impressive this guy was he stood on his head i every once in a while would play with him at nhl 94 just mm-hmm. to be able to control him because he was a little bit quicker and had the better like quick moves to the side even though every goalie was basically the same in that game <laughs> but he was just amazing to watch i actually like patrick waugh as well he was fun to watch even though Growing up, I was a diehard, like, pain in the ass, hometown Harry, uh, oh, yeah. the Canadians. But I really appreciated the good players, and he was also really fun to watch from a goalie standpoint as well. Yeah, when he was with the Avalanche, too. Like, yeah, Patrick Waugh, great career. I just – he wasn't one of those guys that jumped off the page to me as much. Um, also, Jim Carrey. I'll just always mention him because I just like the name. Um all right, let's jump into – we'll go NFL next, Bill. For me, I'm going to kick it off with the guy that I – in the modern era that I paid to see. Like, you usually got a lot of free things, but this one I actually paid money to go see the Detroit Lions to see Calvin Johnson. I think the best in – well, like, and he's this, the most underrated receiver of the last 20, 30 years of the modern era because we've had some unbelievably really, mm-hmm. really great receivers uh, with, like, the Randy Moss, the Terrell Owens. Uh, I think he's right there with those guys. Uh, like, otherworldly talent, does it all fast, cross the middle, drop it to him. He was just awesome to watch, especially in, like, 2010, 2011, 2012, 13. Just an incredible player. Uh, thank, he needs to thank his lucky stars that he got Matt Stafford when they did. And the thing about him that I think makes him a little less recognizable is he was probably the most talented receiver in the league mm. for five, six years, yep. but he wasn't a diva. No, it never was. Never, never. You never hear anything about him. Like you never heard a quote. He's now done. With, I think he's like a CBD guy now. Well, he's, he's, he like, he, like, if you look at his career and why he retired, it makes a lot of sense. He took a lot of big hits. He's a very a very concussed person. So I can see why he called it quits early. Everybody thought he was like, Oh, he's going to retire for two years and then join the Patriots. No. But like when you watch his highlights, he was a man among boys. He's kind of like Julio Jones before Julio Jones was Julio. You know what I mean? Like Julio Jones now is the receiver you would build in a lab. But I think Calvin Johnson was that, but he just, you know, he was in Detroit they didn't win a lot. They never really did anything. They got Matthew Stafford, and then you kind of saw him just going up and getting balls. But he really just didn't – like, he wasn't like, throw me the damn ball. He's just like, I'm Megatron. You see me on Thanksgiving, and that's about it. <laughs> Honestly, that's a really good point. There was not a lot of prime time when it came to the Detroit Lions. Uh, obviously, like, fantasy and all that aside, like, mm-hmm. you weren't paying a ton of attention. But I think when I look at, like, the best that I've seen, like, and watch and analyze, like, physical receivers, i got to give T.O. that number one spot. But I think mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson's number two because he was never afraid of the big hits. He would go up and contest people. Like, Randy Moss is a freak of nature, but he's nowhere near the type of athlete as these guys. He never was, like – Give me a two yard in and I'll, I'll, you know, smash a guy. Give me a huge stiff arm. Even Julio Jones, like he's, he's close. Oh no, Julio has done that. No, no, he is. But I'd say he's close to Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson to tear even above Julio. Cause I think he's just more physically. And maybe it was just cause he was more healthy. Cause Julio Jones has lost, like missed a ton of time in his career. Yeah, I think uh, that Julio is Calvin Johnson's definitely the more freak athlete, but I think Julio is just a bigger physical specimen with the same amount of speed. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to pull there 40 times. But either way, Calvin Johnson, just awesome, awesome player. To oh, watch. yeah. Phenomenal. Like one of the like super highlights. And we'll just get to another one real quick. I'll just throw out Barry Sanders. You know, oh, yeah. our, our Thanksgiving Day classic, him and Emmett Smith growing up. Two of my favorite players. I remember the day I came home with an Emmett Smith jersey and my dad kind of like was just like, is this my son? <laughs> He's depressed. Just but depressed. My, I have the headliners of those guys. <laughs> my first like love of any sport athlete ever. And it was because of Madden 94 and men's become a big part of my life recently in more ways than one. But I Randall, not say anything bad about Madden anymore. 
Randall Cunningham <laughs> in Madden 94 was unreal. I love this guy. He was so fast. I could literally play my dad and beat him 50 to nothing, but I would legitimately beat him 150 to nothing because the scoreboard would only be double digits. <laughs> and I could just like pace back and forth with Cunningham all day long, either throw a touchdown or run for a touchdown. And then in real life, you see the highlights playing behind me. He was the human highlight reel. He was kind of Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson, before any of these guys. You know, oh there was pick. a couple of, there was the guy from the Vikings who was a, a bit of a rambling man from Grambling. I forget his name. Oh, you're talking about Fran Tarkington? Fran Tarkington was kind of like that scrambling guy. But Randall Cunningham, go and look at some of his ridiculous runs, but even more, his throws, kind of that Patrick Mahomes where he's like, running out of his mind one side of the field and then just chucks it completely across his body into the arms of a running receiver. This guy was electric, and he also won me my first ever fantasy league in 99 when he had that ridiculous season with the Vikings and somebody in my dad's fantasy football league when they used to do it with a pen and paper dropped out, and I drafted him (laughs) and Moss, (laughs) and it was fucking over. I described everyone as a child. I think I was like... (laughs) 99, I was like 16. I look like a genius. <laughs> the, the prodigy was born right there. Uh, when you mentioned Randall Cunningham, you can't you know, take another breath without saying Michael Vick as well. Michael Vick was one of those guys oh, that I was him. an Atlanta Falcon fan for years. And you know, Michael Vick was that like, oh, now they're popular guy. But I'll tell you, like watching him, especially those first few years, that playoff game in Lambeau Field, the first team Unreal. ever real. That was a Saturday night. It was like six degrees out there. I remember missing my high school hockey game. No, I didn't play. I used to just go to them. That was like the hangout. And I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going to 7-Eleven to get my Slurpee. I'm not going there to scream and cheer. I have to watch this game. And oh, what a freaking performance he had there. The great performance he had against the Vikings earlier that year with the walk-off 77-yard run for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick was like that dude. He was the human island, real. He was awesome. Him and Kit Randall Cunningham both have these highlights where like their legs are about to get chopped out. They stiff arm, they fall back, but they stay up and just throw peas down the field for touchdowns. Awesome to watch. I mean, I absolutely love any running quarterback, and those are probably my two favorite. I'll get to my current favorite right now. I just mentioned him earlier. Lamar Jackson, to me, could be one of the all-time great players in the NFL. Like He's <laughs> motivated. He's already got the MVP under his belt. He's not going to be satisfied by it. I like his mentality. If he doesn't take the Cam Newton route, if he learns how to like duck and dive and not take all the big hits that he's been taking, he really could be a transformative player. Ezekiel Elliott said it. He's making kids out there. He's making men look like boys. He looks like a high school player out there sometimes. The run he had against the Bengals is one of the most electric runs I've ever seen. He's ridiculous. I'm not as big on Lamar Jackson. I think he's fine. I think he obviously had an incredible year. I'm not going to pretend he's not a really talented He ran for 1,000 yards, threw for, like, he, he led the league in touchdown passes. Uh, he led the league in touchdown passes, and he ran for 1,000 yards. This guy is amazing. He's, a, he's great. I've, but I always look at things. It's two years. It's two years. I'm going to slow Mahomes my Mahomes is two years. Mahomes is three years. Well, yeah, two years by technical starting. But I'm not putting Mahomes on my list either. I think Mahomes is a better probably quarterback overall, but we'll see. We'll see. These guys, listen, there's a new crop of quarterbacks going mm-hmm. on right now, and it's exciting if you're an NFL fan because you, the Bradys, the Mannings, the Rodgers, the Breezes, are, if not already gone, are going to be gone in the next two, three years. These are the guys we're going to be watching. If you just need to hope, they're good. Like, I hope Mahomes is good only for the fact that I want to continue to like see the sport. Oh, Mahomes is going to be great. But you hope uh, you never know what these guys are. I was, no, I, I, he doesn't. He's not fading. And like to me, those guys, even Cam Newton. Yeah. If you go and look at him, it's really injuries what did him in. Oh, yeah. He's a great That's passer, it. but his oh. completion percentage is so low because he throws mostly deep routes. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say he's a great passer. He's a good passer. He honestly. I'm, listen, I'm waiting until they all opt out. I'll just rip through the rest of mine very quickly. The reason I'm a football fan, 1993, was a kid watching my dad. Always was a basketball fan, baseball fan. I obviously watched hockey. Then I saw Drew Bledsoe chucking the ball all around the field for the Patriots. And I was like, now I'm in. This guy was a pleasure to watch. My favorite football player of all time. Um, I could go and diatribe about Drew Bledsoe. I won't. Um, the other two, I just had to wrap up my list, guys. I loved watching. Deuce McAllister for the Saints was just that bruising running back that like, I still think is uncredited for the amount of like, he was like that next wave of like, well, there was like the Dorsey Levins, mm-hmm. but like guy that was like fast, but powerful. Uh, I'll give a mention to LaDainian Thompson. Always good to watch him. But my guy that was awesome to watch as well was Mike Allstott. Every guy that was in high school, that was chubby. That's all right. He had the, the, um, 
the neck. I already, I already forgot what it's called. The uh, neck roll. The the cow, cowboy collar there. He looked like a monster on the on the field. And for a few years there, when Mark Dunn got hurt, um, he actually was like the running back for mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Awesome to watch. I loved him. I love Drew Bledsoe. If you need some good Drew Bledsoe highlights, go watch the like six minute cut of him just carving up the Vikings for the most completions or the oh, most God. attempts ever in a game. Both. I loved him. He was my first love. It took me a while to learn how to love Tom Brady just because how much I liked him. Yeah. But Curtis, my favorite Martin, was incredible ah. back in the day. Deion Sanders was another guy in fucking Madden ninety four where if you got the ball with him on a kick return, he was gone. It was really tough to pick a ball off with him in that game, but Neon Dion watching him anytime he was on the field, it was electric. Just go watch his returns. There's like a six minute cut of every one of his returns, whether it be a kick return or a pick. He is just like you give it to him, and then he beats everybody, and then like he just starts dancing at about like the <laughs> yard line. It's unreal. And then Tony Romo, I love a pretty quarterback. He was a pretty quarterback. He got a bad rap, got injured a lot. I think he gets panned as a really bad clutch quarterback but when you look at his clutch stats he's actually really really good he's another one like it took me a, I, I respect him i love him so much as a commentator now but i hated him because he took drew bledsoe's job at halftime one game and i thought it was absolutely unnecessary bledsoe always throws those stupid picks and i still think they would have won that game in seattle or at home against seattle if they brought bledsoe in that's just my two cents. Um, but now let's jump into our final sport here, Bill, at least the main sports. Um, we will give one thing. My wife asked me a question what we're doing. She goes, what about women? I said, all right, well, now you're going to make it a thing. And Serena Williams, cool. Steffi Graf. Like, oh, I, no, I, I'm a huge Diana Taurasi. I'm a huge tennis fan, and Serena could be one of the greatest athletes of oh, my yes. lifetime. Probably just, top four. There's not a lot of times I said – Except for the early days, like recently, just because I knew she's breaking records, I think her and Venus had like a doubles matchup a couple of years ago. And I actually, like, it was like three in the morning, or not three, it was like six in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Um, but yeah, like Diana Taurasi, when she was on the Yukon Huskies, like I was watching those games. Like that was fun too. I can't think of like Lisa Loeb. No, oh, this that's a pop star. Lisa um, Leslie, uh, a little bit, but like not a ton of like WNBA. I mean, me. if we were to get into wrestling, I am oh, one of the biggest supporters of women's wrestling you could ever imagine. But, I mean, for me, it kind of starts and ends with Serena Williams. I did, you know, have a little love affair with, uh, I think, the 2012 female Olympic team. They were one of, one of those, or 2014 or 16, whatever the one where there was some talent on that team in more ways than one. I was a huge <laughs> fan. But, like, they were a fun, excited, they were, like, a great team. Like, they, yeah. they were phenomenal. But I think Serena Williams is... Like, if she doesn't get credit as one of the top athletes of the last, like, two decades. Oh, no, she has to. She is. She's right up there, like, Tiger Woods. Like, people give credit or discredit now. I'm kind of in the discredit portion just because, I don't know, I have standards. Um, But there is, like, so many different people that I I think Serena Williams is by far. Like, we had a top – I think we did top 11 wrestlers of the decade, and Charlotte Flair was our number one because when you are that impressive for your – like your competition, the the type of athlete you are, like Serena Williams, man, woman, anything in between, whatever you want to identify oh, as. Oh, much like Charlotte Flair, she's, she's the most dominant person. Yes, and like she could compete against men. She could do a lot of like Serena Williams is an incredible, incredible athlete, and it just it almost overshadows how much how good Venus Williams is as well. But uh, you know, Serena Williams is just awesome stuff. Is she married to somebody famous? I was just thinking about that. I don't know. Anywho, all right, so we'll jump into uh, oh Maya Moore. There you go. I think that's one of your uh, your talents there, Bill. Um, but yet, uh, no, 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 no. she's uh, Maya Moore. I believe is the WNBA player. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I was actually getting distracted because I'm also looking in our chat because I was going to bring up some shout outs, but our conversation went a little um, blue in there. We were talking about athletes and we went into uh, adult film stars. Um, but. <laughs> for another time uh jumping into the nba i'll kick us off with penny hardaway that was that dude for me like he i had the number one i had the two different versions i had the the black magic jersey with the, oh, the jet logo, blue. and then i had the blue pinstripes mm-hmm. um i, I had that one too that's a sharp look but i had a marshall's I, I don't even know it was a starter jersey i know that yeah. uh but penny hardaway i, I wonder if here penny hardaway was by far my guy like he was the athlete outside of boston that i was just like in love with the little penny the sprite commercials the no diggity video basically black street turning their themselves into little pennies um really good stuff uh just an, an awesome athlete like a guy you really forget another one of those guys because his career towards the i guess almost middle of his career after the magic once Shaq left the magic kind of 
weren't the same. Then he went mm-hmm. to the Phoenix Suns, who and he was really good with the Suns, but just didn't have that same cachet. Then he went to the Knicks and had like a half a good season, then got hurt. And then things just kind of spiraled out for a lot of like athletes when they get into their thirties. But uh, I just loved Penny, those 93, 94 magic teams. Like he was Kobe to me before Kobe, obviously Kobe much better player, but like, to me, that was the guy. I mean, growing up, I was bred and fed, you know, Larry bird. Mm-hmm. I can vividly remember one Larry bird game as a, you know, a child. I remember like being at home and everybody gathering around the TV to watch, but I never remember him playing you know, I vividly remember my dad playing highlights for years and years after. And I became a huge Celtics fan because of that. And I would have to like beg my parents to get what the station I would later work at Fox sports, whatever the hell it was at the time to watch like Sherman Douglas. And I would say he is my favorite player of all time in the NBA. It's Dana Barrows. It's kind of a weird one. He was just like a short guy. Obviously he went to, uh, you know, uh, BC high, you know, kind of a local ish guy. I even followed him when he was, you know, on the Sixers, like, cause of, you know, his ties to this area. And I love this man. I tagged him in a post, like, who's your favorite <laughs> NBA player. And he responded like back to me. And now like I comment on his stuff and he comments back. I love Dana Barrows. At one point he had held the record for most threes in a row. Just in, a, I think he still holds like the shooting percentage re- records for like every Boston Celtic. He was just awesome. I just loved a little guy shooting threes. He wore number 11 because of Drew Bledsoe. That was my favorite number. Yes. And he wore it. So I love Dana Barrows. Super nice guy. I've never met him personally, but he seems like a cool dude. And like I just love the way he played. Just like that little guy with a lot of heart. I'll give you a confirmation. He is a good guy because he went to several of the basketball camps that took place in Everett um, with Pat mm-hmm. Bradley, uh, Everett prodigy, who went to Arkansas. I never made it to the NBA, but Dana Barros was at two camps. It's the only thing I didn't like, I didn't like playing skins. I'm a chubster when I was a kid. And he once told me, he just came over to me and he's like, all right, man, like you got, like he was my coach. Like we had like, you know, he split drills. It was basketball camps. And he came over to me at one point. Um, and he just said like, all right, we're skins on. And I was like, so he could probably tell I was like super uncomfortable. He was like, Hey man, show him what you're made of. And I'll never forget that. He's like, show him what you're made of. I was like, well, I'm made of a lot of dough, but, um, it was a great comment. Uh, love Dana Barris for that. Didn't have, honestly didn't remember that till you just said, I never met him in person. I'm like, I think I did. Then boom, that memory came back. I have people that can back me up on that story too. Cause then, uh, I probably played the worst game ever. Oh, wait a second. We're already done with football. And I didn't mention Ty Law. I, I got to go back to Ty Law. He is. He was my password before it became like too short to be like the password Ty Law 24. So yep. all of those are now gone. But Ty Law, besides Randall Cunningham, hands down, my favorite athlete. I met him in person. They say never meet your heroes. I met him. Couldn't have been a nicer guy, like the greatest guy ever. Just a sweetheart of a dude, a <laughs> dominant player. When they asked him, he told us the story at the Super Bowl one time. Brag, I was at the Super Bowl with him. And it was amazing. He was like, yeah, they asked me who I was covered in the Super Bowl. I was like, Ty Law doesn't fucking matter. It's- and I was like, I fucking love this. <laughs> yeah, Ty Law is a character. Him and Troy Brown have really great stories from that like time frame of the Patriots played together for eight years, I believe. Um, just awesome stuff. He's a great guy. Obviously, the same thing, like you said, don't meet your heroes. Drew Bledsoe, met him, loved him. Nicest guy. Um you know, we can talk about bands another time, but um, other players for me when it came to the NBA, Larry Johnson, Grandma Ma, uh, come on. There was no – him and Sean Kemp were like, I feel like the oh, same player. Dude, but Sean Kemp was an idol for me. I can't believe I didn't even remember him. Those, those two, like, literally in my mind are the same player. A lot of these players also were the headliners. I mentioned it earlier when you're talking. Like, when I had all the headliners of players, and uh, he, those guys were there, Marcus Camby, but – I thought of those two players of just dominant, like power forwards of what like older powerful power forwards. Now like LeBron James is a power forward, but he's a guard, but like power forwards then were like not your biggest go-to players, but like dominant defender or really strong defenders, big body muscular and can dunk through the, like could the, their dunks look like space jam. Cause they had two hands. They would massively like break, almost break the rim every time, especially Sean Kemp. He was much leaner than, than Larry Johnson, but man, these two players were just great to watch. I, I kind of put them in that same category. Cause I just remember them vividly together. I mean, you just mentioned uh, Marcus Camby. And when I was little, there was a video game with Bernard King. And I actually became a <laughs> Bernard King fan because Bernard. of this. Because he was 21 and he was about the size of Marcus Camby. And I was enamored with Marcus Camby because of his good run at uh, UMass. 
So mm-hmm. I used to pretend that Bernard King was Marcus Camby. Uh, I'll just yeah, one I know that's on both of our lists. Being here from Boston, you mentioned Larry Bird. Only you know, it's sadly my real memory of Larry Bird playing. I didn't go to this game, but I remember watching on TV. I saw him a couple times because I went to early or late '80s, early '90s games. Pacers game. The game that well, I didn't see. That's not even the one that comes to mind. It was the playoff game where Reggie Lewis passed out Ooh, and yeah. collapsed on the court, and then eventually you know passed. Like I think his anniversary of his death was like was like or a week yesterday. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, um, but I remember Larry Bird, like coming over and watching a, there's nothing more sad than watching a concerned athlete's face when something happened, like the whole Gordon Hayward situation. If you watch, like watching all the members of the team, like looking on, you see them looking at it, the camera's not focusing on it. Very sad moment. But, um, when it comes to Celtics, I think, you know, the modern generation, Paul Pierce, he's the guy, like he is the Celtic. He might be like, obviously there's Larry Bird, there's Mikhail, but like lifetime Celtic, like through and through, obviously he went to play for like three other teams at the end, but he is like, the, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like he wasn't the, ever the best player in, in the NBA. He may not even been a top five player in the NBA ever, but he was just so good. And he represented this city so damn well. Cause we were such a shit team for years, but he was always like entertaining to watch until he started getting those superstar calls. And obviously once we, the big three part two happened. So he was such a, you know, transformational player for me because he had that ridiculous thing where he had like the shemp like bandages, like <laughs> I broke my jaw and, yeah. you know, Jamal Tinsley just threw his, you know, elbow into Paul Pierce's, <laughs> oh no, uh, whatever, whatever, like whatever the Tommy call was, like uh, yeah. he he thought that Jamal Tinsley actually hurt Tried Paul to Pierce. like, tried to kill him yeah. like Benzino. Yeah, it was ridiculous, but he turned out to be one of the and he got stabbed multiple times at a place felt that I used to go all the time to play pool. So he sure did. Second he, level. He returned like into such a return. He turned into such a great Boston sports icon. I've had the pleasure of being in his presence a few times. A great guy, a great player. Really showed who he was in that series against the Lakers, stepping up to to, to guard Kobe when that really wasn't his job and kind of shut him down. Had the ridiculous wheelchair moment, but we forgive him for that because he hit ridiculous shots when he came back. He's coming he, back. He, like, our guy, my buddy, one of my best friends, Anthony, was like, ah, oh, he always misses the big shot. And I was like, he takes it, though. And Paul Pierce, and this is what I love about him, and until recently, a lot of the guys in the NBA, like LeBron James, wouldn't do this. But Paul Pierce could be over 18. And if you asked him who should take the winning shot, he'd be like, me. And I respect that. He was That's like, I don't want. care if I'm like uh, oh for the century. I believe I can hit this shot. He did it. I mean, I love this guy. I love the way he played the game. I loved his swagger. And Cedric Maxwell says he's the best scorer in Celtics history. He has said that, and Cedric Maxwell is the Billy of those commentary teams because he is unbelievably hyper Billy. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, I want you to rip through the last ones and, and wrap up the NBA. All right. So I absolutely loved MJ growing up. I caught the latter part of his career. I would literally sneak down after bedtime and watch the <laughs> NBA finals. It it made the NBA playoffs the fondest time of my life because it was the end of school. It was June. Yep. I could see basketball. I saw him win a bunch of titles. And then from him, it went to kind of Kobe. There was like a weird middle part where Vince Carter was kind of my guy. And I was a big LeBron James guy and also a big Carmelo Anthony guy. But Kobe, I got the NBA season pass for like four straight years just to watch all the Kobe games I could because I love the way he played the game. And now my favorite current-day athlete, bar none, besides Lamar Jackson in football, my favorite basketball player, and that is my sport, is Marcus Smart. This is the lunch pail guy that we talked about. This is he's the current. Know, he's the current, like Troy O'Leary, Trot Nixon, whoever you want to call it. He is my guy. I love his zest for the game. I've talked to him a few times, you know, interview-wise. Great guy, super just affable, really nice dude. And, like, this is how I play basketball. And now he's become a little bit better of a shooter. But oh, when yeah. he's a terrible shooter, like, that was me. Like, I would jack up threes. <laughs> I would only hit him in the clutch, but I would play defense, even on the playground. So annoying that, like, I would make you irritated and I'm- you would hate it. And I believe he has a Celtic record for the most three-pointers in a game. I was there. I was at that game. And I was with our buddy, Jimmy Holland. And I was like, stop shooting. Stop shooting. You only hit him in the fourth quarter. And he was just nailing them all. It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Anybody else on that list to wrap up? I think that's it. 
I'll just for modern uh, the guy like I like to watch now. Damian Lillard is on that list, and I think I saw a lot of people tweeting at us with Damian Lillard. Love Dame, Dame Dollar. Um, still one of the greatest lines of all time when he hit that three pointer from like literally like half court. And um, oh, I can't think of his name. All of a sudden, just went over to the Clippers. Um, Ooh, real quick, Clippers. Yeah. Blake Griffin, my guy. Love I, yeah, I wish I could have got away without <laughs> you saying that. He's funny. I'll give Blake Griffin this. Very funny, dude. He's, he's so overrated. He's so oh. overrated. He's become underrated. Yeah, but I just think he's funny. Like, he's genuinely oh. like a funny, no, he's legit, the a roast, funny dude. Yeah, yeah, on the roast of the roast of Alec Baldwin, he was great. Um, yeah, I can't think of who it is now. Who? Oh, my Lord. Why can't I think? Who was on OKC? One of their the best players on OKC, aside from Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. And then there was Kevin Durant. Oh, no, no, not OKC. No, James Harden? Recently, just recently on OKC. He uh, got, Chris he, Paul? No, with Chris Paul. He was on the team with him. Sam Adams? He's, he's currently on the Clippers with Kawhi. He just got brought over there. Oh, Paul George. Paul George, thank you. Paul George <laughs> was the one defending Dame Dollar on that three. And he oh, said yeah, that, yeah, He goes, that was the worst shot. I've like, att- like, that was such yes. a dumb call. And it's so funny because like he still talks about it. There was a recent interview and he said like that was still one of the – it's like, dude, he hit a three-pointer to end the series. Like, so, shut up about it. Paul I've George. seen so many interviews with Damian Lillard where he just talks about how he trains, how he's been like undervalued, all this stuff. I love anybody who has something to prove. He clearly has something to prove. I th- I called him being the MVP the last two years. It's not probably going to happen this year either, but that guy will win an MVP in his career because he is that driven. Like He is just a fucking animal out there. Like I love, love the way he plays. I love, I love the, the way, way I just love NBA basketball because it seems <laughs> like so many people me against the world. And it's one of the few sports like in hockey, you're not out there as much as an NBA player. Like NBA players who play a lot, they play almost, you know, 44, 40, they play 40, 40, 40 minutes, yeah. 90% of the game. Yeah. And in football, it's really not that way. In baseball, it's hard to affect yeah. the game. So I really love the mentality of an NBA player. And that's why like I I talked about it quickly, but like LeBron James, much maligned, really one of the more like, you know, not undervalued. He's fucking the king of kings, whatever. But like, he doesn't get enough credit as he should. And Kyrie Irving, as much as he is a crazy son of a bitch, there's nobody I love to watch more at the top of their game than Kyrie Irving. He's a fucking wizard. Piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but he's a, tell, he is a wizard. That's great. He tries to tell the whole league not to play because he's hurt. I, that's I, like, I agree, but as an turn. actual I, player. Yeah, I get you. No, unreal, when he was on the Celtics that, that two years unreal. ago, he was unbelievable. I will just say this. He also just did it, I think, donated like millions of dollars to the WNBA after they like walked out. So uh, he's not a yeah, – whatever. Moving on from all this, those are the athletes of best uh, favorite of our generation, our lifetime. Please let us know yours. You can uh, tweet at the show, at PopCulturePD. You can tweet at Billy, at BillyD2411. I'm at Jason D. Rossi. Don't forget to you know check us out on Facebook at the hashtag DorkSharedGooniverse. Anywhere your podcast can be found, Pop culture pile driver we're gonna have a stacked month of august because we're gonna force it on you um i believe billy's in the works we've talked i've been seeing behind the scenes we have some chats going on about some bonus content we'll put together a big lineup for you You can check out what we'll be talking about i know some of the stuff that has been discussed not necessarily confirmed yet but we'll be doing best disney songs oh 100 percent best disney songs and just i think that'll be a draft right yes just quickly butt in here with my like we're gonna do a kanye thing i've talked about it top 11 kanye songs that's going to happen. I believe we're doing a what's better, Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. That's going to be I a lot of I don't even fun. understand that one. Like, I, I don't, don't I don't even care, but I'm all in on it. <laughs> one has I'm like at- nine films. One has three films that are as long as nine films. No, well, The Hobbit had like fucking three films. Oh, well. yeah. I, sorry. Well, I didn't know. So, we were- whatever. We're going to smoke them, even though I like Wes's argument style. I don't know if I love it. You're screwed, <laughs> dude. You got that. You like as much as people. I, like, think I, I, li- I like Wes. I like, but I think I have oh, a losing horse. Yeah, you need you need somebody that's dumb enough to believe themselves, like me, where <laughs> I feel like you know that they're just gonna fall through. It. But either way, but no, they did on like I'll just quickly run through the Dorkshade universe. They did. I'm halfway through it. The Spider-Man One versus Spider-Man Two. Oh, Spider-Man One, and it's not even close. Spider-Man Two has one great scene, one great scene when his mask is ripped and he's revealed who he is when he's keeping the train together. That's it. Spider-Man Two, crap villain, 
crappy like way it's just the ultimate middle movie and that's why i hate trilogies when you know there's going to be a third the second one doesn't seem as important it's like in wrestling when it's best out of five series you know it's going to five so some of those matches while they might be good you there's not as much stake you don't think spider-man's not going to die mary jane's not going to die um the the, the good looking guy franco's not going to die i mean i could be like Eric Matthews, the die. uh good looking guy the detective but yeah. uh Mac and Goo, I believe, put out a podcast about the worst uh, kids added to TV shows. And then they're also going to re-release, I think, the Aliens movie draft. Or the they reviewed Aliens because it was the... They, they're reviewing old movies now. They're this is a really doing, good plug. This is a great plug. No, they're reviewing old movies like we review old movies. But yes. I guess they promised they were going to do it beforehand. Okay. And then I don't know what Dork's doing because the last like four Dorks... It's all stuff I haven't seen yet. So, all right, so Dork just did the um, the Comic-Con from home. Okay. I, I watched a couple of panels of that. I watched the Xbox release. Very underwhelming. I'm more of an Xbox and a PlayStation guy, but I, I don't know. We'll see how that goes in the next generation, especially when my money's going to – because 2021, we have decisions to make um, You know, coming up in the next few months. I, I might lean PlayStation for the first time. But I, I, oh, just, 100% PlayStation. Well, it's, it's all, they're all too expensive anyways. I have no money. We have no income. It's, it's a freaking pandemic. Um, but <laughs> so for August, we'll do a Disney songs draft. We'll have the top 11 uh, summer songs. Yeah, that's happening. Um, we'll have SummerSlam pre and post because that's going to be an interesting card. Uh, we'll get into that in a few weeks. Um, I'm also going to finally do something I've been promising for over five years. Five years I've talked about this. You're going to be doing a lot of the work. I'm just going to be doing what <laughs> I do. But we'll talk about that. There'll be some extra stuff here on the YouTube channel and some extra podcast stuff. I have some uh, wrestling stuff I need to get off my chest. So definitely make sure you subscribe. Uh, Billy, like he said, there's a bunch of bonus stuff coming. We'll probably add to our feed if uh, the others allow. Um, but yeah, just check us out on all platforms. Really appreciate you being along for the ride. Um, last thing, Bill, I just found out I am home in for the rest of 2020, uh, working from home. Oh, all right. That's not too bad. I am actually going in back into the office very soon. Like within weeks, days, months? Days, days. Like consistently or back and forth, you think? No, consistently. I think I'm going to be oh. one of the guys who's back in there consistently. But I kind of miss it. I miss the camaraderie yeah, of being too, around man. like my friends that work. But uh, I'm happy to do it. And, you know, I'm all about, you know, getting back to normal if it's safe. Absolutely. Yeah. Be, obviously be safe, be cautious, but I uh, know it's definitely exciting to be around, you know, other safe minded people, but uh, yeah, good luck with that. Um, but um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. So hopefully more content going to kind of you choose my time a little more wisely, especially with this, because this is such a good outlet and fun. Like this is what we do it for. Mm -hmm. uh, and appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Again, you can follow at Billy D 2411 at Jason D Rossi at pop culture PD. Make sure you subscribe or ever show. Uh, yes, Billy. Please. Quick thing. Oh, do you have uh, something else? To, what did uh, what did uh, no like you didn't ask me night? about my uh, drink? I just assumed it was alcoholic lemonade or urine. No, well, dude. Like I ordered. <laughs> by the way, I ordered Casamigos. Dude, oh, the, this is I, the only drink I've had all hey, night, hey, and it's no, halfway done. On, well, tequila gets that going. I will say we we can talk tequilas all day because I two things I've become really fond of or good at like understanding tequila is one, wine is another, but tequila, Casamigos. Mwah. I haven't had an alcoholic beverage because of a medical condition. Medical condition. Listen to what I'm saying. A medical condition I've been dealing with, and I've had half a margarita, and I am in the tank. But Casamigos is delicious. To me, no, there's a great ghost tequila if you like a little spice, but not spicy like hot, but like spice flavor, I, I highly recommend. Um, and then there is... Um, Oh, why can't I? I'm drawing a blank? I can see the bottle and everything. My wife would kill me. I like Cabo, not Cabo. Uh, uh, this is awful. I'm not even drunk. I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the freaking oh, Herodura, Herodura, amazing tequila. Herodura has kind of like a um, like the Colts logo, kind of like a, a, a horseshoe. Um, anywho, but yeah, so that's our tequila talk for the day. Um, Bill, anything else you want to get off your chest? Definitely not. You want to take that <laughs> shirt off? There we go. If you're on the stream right now, you'll see Bill's chest hair, baby. All right. We will be back next week and we'll, again, follow along. Uh, we'll be uh, releasing our lineup for the month of August. If you have any thoughts, concerns, want something, you know, want our idiotic take on things. Also, we'll do another movie review in um, in August as well. Maybe we'll put it up to a vote. Maybe we'll see what people want. Well, because we've been getting a lot of hate for stealing the door, uh, not the dork, well, the dork shared universe idea, but the Mac and Goo um, idea of the Gooby Vault, which I fully admitted. I told Mac, I was like, yeah, he, was on our, he was on I was like, we're stealing your idea. We're going to do that. I don't 
don't think it's stealing because no offense, it's not like they, what are they the very first person ever do a podcast no. about something? But but they really I forget who it was, but somebody was like, I don't know what uh, PCP is doing, but maybe they'll draft artists and go head to head and try to make the best song because they also do that with movie characters. But I no, really no, no, no. I want to. This is that was Fryer, I bet, because that's because he now he feels like he's not like the lowest guy on the totem pole. He has other people to pick on. I love Fryer. What do we do? Me too. I have no problem with him. I'm just saying that, that, that you notice traits from people, and he's he's like, oh, I got this. Some this blood in the water. I'm gonna go after him. He's a shark. All right. <laughs> no, I listen. I don't listen. Bring it on. I don't care either way. Um, but no, that is, listen, we, we're all about, listen, people like the content, we're about it. And we're trying to give you as much as we can. And, uh, you know, as part of the shared universe, if I have to have a rival, and then I'll, I'll, I'll bring it. We'll bring the heat. Oh, we, then we definitely have to find something for you and Fryer to battle over. That would be fun. Well, everyone thought me and Mac would battle a lot more, but I don't really have, like, any, I don't know, not that I have disdain towards anybody, really. But it's so funny, like, everyone's like, oh, you two with all you, because I think we both have, like, more, I guess, outlandish thoughts on things like the thing that needs to come out soon because i i said to my wife i can't rewatch it right now because it would depress me it's like my end game because i have i've written down there's another Ooh. idea i have oh that's good how i would have played out end game how i would have how i think that movie could be better all right so this is my final thought and i'll release it mac is more of a good natured just like cool easy going dude the disdain in friar's face and I'll release the video in seconds of him when he finds out that you put Sixpence on the Richer on the list is amazing. His disdain in his face is just like, oh, uh, of course, Rossi did it. Yeah, but, but like I laugh at that because I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> who are any of us? No, no, I mean in that sense. Like, obviously, Mac yeah. and Goo have like been doing that to me since like day one. But anyways, I love it. No, bring it on. And obviously, listen to those guys. It changed my mind. Is their podcast Mac and Goo uh, hashtag Dork? And then obviously all the streams we have um, on the Twitch affiliates like Shine Time, Arvon D, and our guy, the Backcracker, oh, Doctor Joe. Yeah. What a what a just delight! What a delight of a human being! Another guy who takes shots at me too, and I'm like, what, what the hell are you doing? What the fuck did I do? But um, but that's all right. That's why we're bulletproof vest, baby. All right, but no, honestly, thank you guys so much for hanging in there with us today. Those are our favorite athletes. Please mention yours. We'll catch you back here. We stream every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Uh, and again, bonus content coming at you on the podcast channel. Uh, Bill, are you sure you have nothing else to get off your chest, or any other plugs, or or anything else you want to do that fires me up right before I'm about to go to bed? Yep. Nope. And Bill, I'm not ending this broadcast, so I see a nipple. No. <laughs>